0: eftm tech
1: cars lifestyle this is the eftm podcast with Trevor Long.
2: eftm
1: g'day g'day welcome great to have you company here on another week of the eftm podcast uh, coming to you live from the eftm studios here in uh, thornley in sydney it's lovely to be in a confined space and have the facilities just to do this oh, Honestly, I'm just reflecting on that right now, going, I love what I've got here. It's cool. I have a space now just for podcasting. I have a huge space for videos, which I can just do and pump out. And we're pretty much going to hit that goal of daily or weekdays um, for at least for the next little while because I've got so much to get through. (coughs) And I've got my desk and I've got my my memorabilia. It's a solid man cave. Loving it. Um, If you have any care or interest, I'm happy to do a little virtual tour maybe one day. If, If anyone wants that, just hit me up on the... On the email or in the man cave on Facebook, let us know. A quick shout out to the people who have left reviews of late. Really appreciate it, Andy Man. Awesome podcast. Put it simply, the best podcast around. Wow, that's massive. Really, uh, really easy to listen to with great information. Um, I don't know if I read this one last week because I know I've read it. Um, But uh, well, what was the date last week? That'd be a smart way to work it out, Trev. Uh, (laughs) What was the date we recorded last week? Sixteenth. I don't reckon I would have. Uh, greatest Aussie tech podcast. Thanks, Grazza. Graza, Graza McGrunty. Been listening for seven years, but have 10 plus years of Trev in my ears. A great mix of product reviews and text that's relevant to all Australians. Lovely. Um, doesn't get bogged down in the minutia of tech and everyone can understand it. Look forward to the next 10 years. I think he's also referring to Two Blokes Talking Tech, which celebrates its 10th anniversary this week. If you haven't listened and subscribed, please subscribe to Two Blokes Talking Tech. We're going to have a fun week this week. And there's an anniversary video already up on the EFTM YouTube channel. Thank you to Cranny yatton uh, most informative tech pot around. Thank you for your honesty and advice and your encyclopedic knowledge you use to help us. It's very nice of you. Thank you so much. The only problem is it makes me spend too much money. I hear that a lot. I apologize. Uh, and Orgaza says, love the show. Great. Keep up the great podcast and thanks for your honest commentary. Uh, Appreciate that. Lovely reviews. Thank you so much. It makes me feel great when I read those things because I have an ego and I also sit here alone. So it's kind of nice to be uh, reinforced that we're actually doing something here. It's good fun. Um, Lots to get through today. We've got a bunch of interesting calls to talk to and I'm going to talk stocks and shares, the stock market uh, with Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. If you don't follow him on Twitter, you should um, just because like common sense, um, no holds barred. Like we'll uh, we'll say it like it is too, which I think is fun. Um, uh, his Twitter handle is tmf scott p, as in the motley fool. Scott p. Scott Phillips. Search him up uh, from the motley Um, yeah, really really cool uh, conversation we're going to have about text, uh, and sport. Tech, Bitcoin, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of things, investing um, from a layman's terms. I just thought it was fascinating to talk about from a lifestyle perspective here at EFTM, but also a bit of a tech perspective in terms of the way you do it and the way you go about it. So all that to come here on the EFTM podcast. Um, So Facebook, I kind of just realised that um, we... (laughs) We did the show before the drama hit. So we've done Two Blokes Talking Tech. If you want an exhaustive coverage of the Facebook issue, please listen to Two Blokes Talking Tech, the most recent issue. Um, And the other thing I would say is I did put a um, video message up on my LinkedIn and my Facebook page, Trevor Long, which you can go just trevorlong.com takes you there, um, which has gone a little bit crazy. A couple hundred thousand views because, and a lot of comments, which I can't reply to because most of them are now getting a bit unhinged. But I spend about eight minutes chatting about my views. Now, what I want to do here before I get into the calls and the show here is I want to explain where I'm at now with it. Um, And I was quoted in an article by John Davidson today in the Australian Financial Review um, talking about how I had spent money on Facebook, three and a half grand in the last year, promoting posts, boosting posts, trying to build the audience, grow the likes and all that kind of stuff, and that I would never do it again. I'm never going to spend with Facebook again. Look, you know, never say never they say, but, you know, I kind of want to have that that steely resolve. So that's my plan is no longer will we, um, will we spend money on Facebook um, because everything I've spent is gone and that's outrageous and I just don't believe they should treat businesses like that. Now, I get the issue. Don't get me wrong. Um, if they'd have deleted every link I'd shared to EFTM and kept all my videos, I'd go, okay, that makes sense. And I would turn Facebook into a video platform maybe. And if the news ban is overturned or something happens or we come to some arrangement, sure, I'll share news again. But that's what annoys me most. So here's here's how, where are my heads at at the moment? And it's not easy because I'm still getting there. But uh, I absolutely love and adore the community we've built with the EFTM Man Cave on Facebook. So search up, if you're looking for a group, search up the EFTM Man Cave. Or go to the EFTM Facebook page and you'll see the group there. You'll see no other content. You'll see the link to the group. A couple of thousand people who have an interest in technology and talk about it and share their own interests. And it's a great conversation because people ask questions, people answer it. And you know, there's no hatred. And if there's hatred, we kick you out. Um, but what I, that's all so I want to maintain that because there's no other platform we can do that. And people say, use discord, use this, but ain't 2000 people going to switch discord in a moment. And my audience, as you listen to this show, you'll realize who my audience is. They're not going to set up a new platform. People are not abandoning Facebook at this point. So I need to stay where where they are, which is Facebook. So we're going to keep using that platform for comments and communication and and chatter as as a group, as a kind of extended family here at EFTM. The EFTM Facebook page, if it comes back, we'll keep sharing links and we'll keep sharing videos. Fine. But I will never pay to promote content there ever again. You'll notice on my Trevor Long YouTube page, uh, Facebook page, trevorlong.com redirects you there, I'm pretty sure. um, You can hit like. And you can follow the things I do there. I've started sharing my videos there because I'm making the bloody things. I may as well share them, right? So that's where you'll see videos for the next little while. YouTube is still an important thing for me. I'm going to keep sharing my videos there. But the most important thing, eftm.com. Like that's not changing. In fact, I said to the boys, Daniel and Scott and, and co, let's ramp it up. Let's let's write more. So we're going we're going to try and write more. We're going to have more there. If you aren't the kind of person that goes to a website every day or three, then use Apple News. Use a feed reader, RSS feed. I, I ch- checked out Feedly the other day. Perfect, works with EFTM. You're going to find EFTM on Google News, if not now, very, very soon. So you'll find us on all the platforms. I want to be everywhere. I want our content shared everywhere. I want our content to be seen everywhere. So that's what we're going to do. But most importantly, out of all the strategic changes, email. If you haven't received my email and you've signed up for the email newsletter, it's because it's in your spam or it's in another tab on Gmail or something. Add editor at EFTM.com to your spam filter or to your friends list your contacts and you'll make sure you get those messages in your inbox because that's where i announce things and that's where i share things like what we've been doing what's happening and it's it's about me and it's about content it's it's kind of relaxed i don't want it to become a you know newsletter of sort i want it to become an email communication between me and you that allows you to click on the links and and action them and go places so please sign up to the email newsletter that's going to be huge and look i haven't formally gone down this path yet but i've begun the process I believe that if I want to take control of content and platforms, then I need to, uh, you know, separate myself from other platforms, and that means not using Facebook or not relying on Facebook and Twitter and the like. So we will launch an app at some point. Now I'll be very clear with you: my plans for the app are like, unlike no other app I've ever seen, and I'm not trying to big note here. I'm saying it because it's going to be so simple, because I don't want the app to be where you read content. I just want the app to be on your phone so that if you choose to, you can get certain notifications and you can be very granular about what you want to hear and get because I I appreciate the intrusiveness of notifications. And it's an app where you'll be able to get a widget on your phone so you can see what content is new and fresh. That's my plan. I'm being very open with you there. haven't shared that with anyone else. So that's the plan. I think it can work. It's going to take time. It's not going to happen overnight. Um, So we're working on that now. There's a bit of work to do and um, it's going to take an investment too but that's okay I'm good for that so that's the plan um, and let me tell you right now have we got plans so I want you to hold me to those things I want you to ask me about those things regularly if in a couple of months I haven't done any of it tell me. ask me why and I'll, and I'll be honest with you and I'll tell you why because um, it's busy it's it's hard work not because my work in, has me with bunions and bloody you know, blisters it's not hard actual work it's just hard managing my time um, you know Today's show, Current Affair, EFTM, so much going on. It's busy. So I've nearly eked out the weeks to a, to a point where we're we've, we're making videos on a Monday, which I release across the week. We're making the podcast and doing all my radio on a Tuesday, and everything else kind of hopefully floats out across the rest of the week. And by the way, next week, woo, big week. At the end of the week, we've got something big coming. We're going to have some fun. It's going to be a little adventure with me and Stig. So, so much happening. and uh, I can't wait to share it all with you. you. And right now, if you haven't seen the email, if you haven't been in the man cave, there's a giveaway right now on the website. Uh, it's a Dynabook Portage, think Toshiba Portage, think Toshiba Satellite. Toshiba, the, the laptop company, is now known as Dynabook. That's the brand. That's the, the new ownership. The brand name is now Dynabook, and they've got a this beautiful little laptop. It's under a kilo. It's a 13.3-inch screen, Intel Core um, a Generation 11 processor um pen support tablet flip around the whole kit it's a two-in-one it's brilliant it's worth 2,099 bucks and it's right now there for you to win now i'm doing this and future promotions the same way i did the playstation you go to the website find the competition you'll see it just below the main content on the on the home page you'll see it there um you'll see the dynabook competition click that and there'll be a, this is big box that appears in the page now what you do is you log into that box use facebook use google use just email if you want and that signs you up to the eftm newsletter if you're already a member don't worry it doesn't double sign you up it just validates you but once you're in then that's one entry boom you're in the draw but if you want more entries share the comp with your friends like us on facebook like us on youtube just click all the likes we want we want more metrics we want you everywhere you don't have to do it they're all um voluntary if you are a member of the Man Cave on Facebook, there's um, there's a code there as well. I haven't set one up, but I, geez, I hope I remember. I'll do one for the podcast next week. So extra entries simply by engaging with us more. And you know, I think there's some people have got twenty or thirty entries already. So you've got to be in it to win it. It's free. It's a two $1, two thousand one hundred dollar laptop. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait to give it away. I love giving stuff away. And honestly. It's I should be more excited about a $2,100 laptop. I really should. But because of what's coming, I'm probably downplaying it. But this laptop's worth more than double what the bloody PlayStation was worth. It's a beautiful laptop. Would be a great back-to-school. This would last your high school. This is a great back-to-school, back-to-work. It's a great home, great office, great everything laptop. It really is a cracker. Um, And I'll have a full review of that in a week or so as well. So hit it up now. Go to the website, eftm.com and look for the Diner Book giveaway competition right now. Got a question? Just go to the website, eftm.com. Click Ask Trev, and um, we'll try and help you out. G'day, Steve. Yes, how are you? Yeah, real good. What can I do for you, mate? Uh, look, I have a slight
3: hearing impairment, yep. and i um, trying to find a TV that has Bluetooth, um, where I can hook up either uh, earbuds or uh, headphones. But I find that some of the Bluetooth, the big problem is I get a lot of lag. The lips don't sync with yep. the sound and it just drives you insane. So in um, a backup on the TV, uh, I'm also looking for something with a headphone jack yeah. just in case it doesn't work. So I've found a couple. Um, there's an LG 55 that appears to have both. Pretty expensive, but probably good. Yep. And then there's the Hisense one that uh, has Bluetooth and the earphone jack that doesn't say what version of Bluetooth it is. So I was yeah. hoping you could maybe give me a view.
1: I don't know what particular version. You know, Bluetooth version 3, 4, 5, 4.1, they're all so different. And no, they're not normally listed on many of the, the websites. I'll ask Hisense um, and see whether we can get an answer, but I don't know that we'll get one quick enough for you in terms of your purchase, but hopefully we will. But here's what I'd say to you. There's there's one other thing that I wonder whether you've looked at, which is, have you thought about looking at the headphones as opposed to the TV? So yeah. Sennheiser make an unbelievably perfect set of headphones. They're over-ear, very comfortable, big over-ear headphones that have their own um, transmitter that you like. It's a little box that sits next to your TV, plugs into the TV, um, and then. It's a proprietary connection for, for Sennheiser as opposed to you relying on the TV's Bluetooth. So it actually works for TVs that don't have Bluetooth. Um, they're an unbelievably good product. Like we're talking top-notch sound, top-notch in in every respect in terms of its um, its ability to do exactly what you want it to do. So I just wonder whether that might be a different approach was to say, maybe I should just use Pretty much any TV uh, that I choose based on its its TV needs. And these, I think they're called HDR 175s from Sennheiser. Um, mm-hmm. Just a perfect way to connect and, and get sound.
2: Okay. I had bought uh, one of their um, boxes, the transmitters, where I put my own um, Bluetooth headset on. Okay. And I found I still had lag, but I haven't. Uh, so, I didn't buy, buy uh,
1: have, the one. Is, the you, is your current TV. Got lag? Is that the main issue with your current TV? Um, yeah, yeah, correct. So the other thing to do is dig deep into the settings, and, and it isn't normally a very easy thing to find, but I've found it when I've been playing with soundbars and I've chosen to use the optical output uh, instead of the HDMI, for example. And I don't know, I thought fiber optic was speed of light and speed of sound was good. But anyway, you, you get this kind of sync issue with the soundbar versus the TV. And what you'll find is some, not all TVs, but many have actually got a little lag setting in them that you can actually change. Um, They don't call it lag. They call it like latency, audio latency or audio delay, they might call it. And we're talking milliseconds, but there's like three levels. You can go, you know, zero, a little bit or a lot. Um, depending on on the lag that you're getting, which I assume what it does, is it actually sh- slows the picture down, so it puts a buffer in between the picture and you, um, so that you're getting uh, exactly what you need from in terms of no delay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So mate, have okay. a look deep in the settings of your existing TV, uh, mm-hmm. and failing that, I, you know, I, I'd I'd recommend those Sennheisers, and maybe you can get them, and if they don't work, just take them back because they don't not fit for purpose. You know, you're yeah. at every, okay. every right to return them if they're not fit for purpose. Um, but I'd, I'd love to know whether they are. So that's the best advice okay. I can give you, and I will ask Hisense for you about the Q8 and whether it is Bluetooth 5. Thank you very much. Good on you, mate. Thanks for getting okay. in touch. Cheers, mate. Good on you. And if you've got a question, uh, like Steve, any just get in touch. Go to the website, eftm.com. Got a question? Hit me up. Uh, go to the website and click Ask Trev. James did that. G'day, James.
4: Hi, Trevor. Um, yeah, I've just got a quick question more um, about um, parental controls on the Internet uh, mm. for my kids. I've got an 8-year-old uh, uh, boy and a 10-coming-on-11-year-old uh, uh, daughter. Um, just yeah, just really some good parental um, controls really for the kids.
1: Um, what sort of devices are they using, buddy? What sort of um, uh, things are iPads. they on? iPads.
4: <laughs> They're on iPads um, mainly. Um, my boy, he's on his Xbox, but I've got that set to a privacy or the kids' um, settings, so yep. I get a report and um, find out what he's looking at. It's more, yeah, just sort of you, they obviously use YouTube and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And obviously, when they get older, they start getting laptops. When yeah, my daughter's getting ready to go high school next year, just sort of some sort of security some software or whatever it on. may be. To,
1: and are you guys on iPhones as well as parents? Yes, yes, we are, yeah, yeah. And have you got family sharing? Have you all got iTunes accounts, the kids and you? Uh,
4: We have, yes. I set that up um, through the COVID period for family sharing, so that's worked quite
1: well. So there's a couple of things. The first thing I'd recommend highly is um, using the family sharing to set up screen time. So the kids, um, you can not only see what they're doing, but you can restrict things. So, you know, they're not just requesting what apps they download, but you can control how often during the day they can use them. So my kids, for example, one hour, um, and if they use it for more than an hour, it says their time's up and they need to ask for more time physically or virtually. So that's really cool, and it instills that time into their heads. It's not you having to yell at them when the time's up. You can't forget, and so one day they get two hours and the other day they get that one. It's, it's a really nice way of putting the onus on the device. But, of course... Yeah. So that's, that's great at the device level for Apple devices. But, of course, then you've got a television with YouTube, you've got an Xbox and all those different things. So screen time <laughs> overall, they'll rot it, mate. My kids will play the Xbox in the afternoon really quietly and happily together, and then they'll be on their yes. iPads. And I'm like, kids, you've already had your screen time. Um, so there's a bit of fun there. And I will say about screen time, and that why I bang on about it so much is because if it's – if it's done early enough in their lives, and, you know, still perfect timing now, but even earlier than that is a good time to do it. My 14-year-old, so 14 turning 15 at the end of the year, um, we were having some issues, you know, not going to bed. You know, we, mate, 8.30 upstairs, have a shower, you know, and he'd still be on his phone at 8.45. So what I've done is I've turned on downtime. So his phone will not work between 8.30 p.m. and 6.30 a.m. It's just, there's no arguments. It's just, mate, the time's up. So don't come yeah. whinging it's just done and that he didn't really fight it because it's not a new thing it's just it's a parental control we have and we we exerted that that power over them but for the broader home the thing i recommend most is what's called trend micro home network security it's a little box i think it's about 200 bucks which comes with a yeah. one one year subscription there's a you can spend more and get a longer subscription <laughs> and mate you put it you plug it in it's just power and it plugs into your modem through an Ethernet cable. yeah, And then you use an app and you set it up. And you you spend a bit of time. It's a good weekend gig. You go, okay, here's the family members. And then as every device connects to the network, you allocate them. Are they Are they family? Are they kids individually? Or what are they? And then you can set a whole bunch of restrictions across devices. Plus, at any yep. point, you can just say YouTube is off. And no device will stream YouTube. So if they're pushing the limits, you just turn off YouTube on your phone. And it will turn it off on all the devices, because YouTube's a big, no, okay, big good. sucker of screen time in our house. They will sit for hours watching television, but it's just rubbish YouTube content. So mate, yeah, Trend Micro Home Network Security, love it, recommend it. And they are advertisers, but mate, honestly, it's a fantastic product.
4: Okay, cool. I'll look into that. Does it slow down the um, like internet or anything like that in regards to their speed? No, well, had stuff like that. But the old days, it used to it used to suck every life and life out of a computer in in the
1: very very first time we had the home network security on the network i noticed um i noticed like a a millisecond lag in in things happening to be honest i Mm -hmm. haven't noticed that in more recent times i think we've either become very used to it or it just really isn't such a big deal that it's silly yeah um yeah essentially it's a filter right it's it's the big internet filter Mm -hmm. everything that happens in your house goes through that filter then um And that, that's—it's just the best thing you can do to protect every part of the house, because then you've got also parental controls literally on the internet. So when you know your boy gets old enough that he's in- curious, it's funny—you you <laughs> won't know about it, but you'll get a note. No, he'll, he'll get a notification, and you'll get a notification, and you're not going to walk in and go, "Wow, you're looking at that." You'll walk in on the weekend or something. <laughs> you'll be going for a drive, and you'll say, "Hey, buddy." um, you know, and then you can have that yes. awkward conversation about the things that need to be talked about. And you know what? And then you open it up, because I'm, I'm personally, and again, these every family is different, every individual. I'm not. I don't want to restrict access to things that I was able to see. I just had to go to a news agent, right? Um, yeah, just, that's it. Yeah. I just want to know that we can talk about it, and that's that's the opener to that conversation is is actually opening up the access.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what I'm looking to do is yeah. is something like that because you're not going to stop him.
1: No, they, mate, have, they will find they have. a way they will find yeah. a way so you're better off having restrictions that they they support and understand um, and you know uh, the other thing and again I'm, I'm preaching but <laughs> digital contracts so important when they get their own device especially when that um, your girl goes into high school digital contract you're getting a mobile phone here's what you're allowed to do here's what you're not allowed to do you know, I've I downloaded one off the internet and just edited the hell out of it and made it very relevant. And we come back to it all the time, mate. This is in your contract, and we didn't mean this; we mean that. And it's a great conversation starter again.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that sounds that, that sounds perfect. Yeah. I'll um, look into that. that Good on you, James. Enjoy, happy, Excellent.
1: happy digital parenting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's something I never you never expect to do, is it? No, and we're all, we're all flying blind because our parents didn't have to do it either. No, that's it.
4: I mean, the worst we had was an old Spectrum that we used to worry about. That was yeah. pretty
1: much about it. Yeah. So, the worst I had was trying to shuffle something else inside a wheels magazine. Anyway, on. <laughs> all right, James. Good on you, mate. No worries. Thanks. Thank you, Trevor. Thanks. Good on you. Thanks for Bye. getting in touch. And uh, if you want to get in touch, it? if you've got opinions, I'm, I'm open to them. If you feel differently about me, please get in touch. Let's talk about it because it's good to have a conversation. We all learn from each other. That's how good it is. Uh, anytime you like. Just go to the website, eftm.com.
0: EFTM.
1: This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. Now, I'm not a uh, massive investor, um, and maybe my next guest will change my mind on that, but uh, one thing I I did try and do the other day was, was download some apps to try and understand, you know, how I could track things, other than just the kind of stocks app that comes with your phone. And it just got me thinking about how it must be an absolute minefield of Possibilities—not just stocks to buy, not just who to trade with, not just advice to get, but but the actual apps and, and websites you use to to look after all that stuff. And there's one man who I think is probably uh, the best voice in this space uh, at the moment in in terms of talking on the radio and TV about um, stocks and investment as an as an individual and as mums and dads investors, as I think the big uh, the big companies like to call us. Uh, and that's Scott Phillips, the CIO at Motley Fool, and he joins me on the line. G'day, Scott.
3: So get, uh, yeah mate just that normal people mate I like to call us like it's uh, it's pretty straightforward if you take all the shiny bums and the glass towers on uh, on George Street and Bridge Street and all around the country the rest of us are uh, are the people we're talking to. It's
1: funny isn't it because mums and dads investors as like as they're often referred to are really hmm. just normal people. But I think that's that is that essentially a way of differentiating differentiating from the big portfolios, the big um you know superannuation funds and all that that have these huge stakes in companies whereas we have our point zero 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 one percent stake.
3: Yeah, mate, you're, you're pretty much bang on. That's exactly what it is. It's basically those of us who aren't. Well, I mean, I guess I'm a professional investor by definition, but I consider myself, you know, the average person. I was a customer of the Motley Pool before I joined the company. Um, mate, I'm, I'm just trying to do my best to, you know, build some sort of nest egg over time. I'm not, you know, run, running billions of dollars and, and not certainly getting, uh, uh, you know, fabulous salaries and, and big bonuses to do so. Uh, so, man, yeah, look, it's just literally common sense, regular, everyday investing. You don't need to be. You know, as I said, one of the people with with fifteen Bloomberg terminals and you know offices on the thirty fifth floor of some shiny building, uh, just as easy, just as do just as well, uh, being an average person. Frankly, sometimes more so, because you get to see what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes those glass houses are, uh, are a little bit. Uh, <laughs> they keep it away from the real world as well. So it's nice to be in the real world.
1: So what is the motley fool? I mean, I'm not. It's not going to lie. It's kind of a simple question, but I see you yeah. talk about it, but. What is it? Is it a trading platform or is it just about advice and and like a newsletter style advice through membership?
3: Yeah, mate, you've now it. It's exactly the latter. So we're, we're, a, we're a membership-based business. Um, we basically – it's a funny name, right? The Motley Fool comes from Shakespeare, and yeah. the two brothers who started The Motley Fool in the US were English majors, and uh, they basically figured that The Motley Fool in Shakespeare is the guy who – the only person who could tell the king the truth without losing his head, and they figured that was a good way to kind of try and shake up financial services a little bit. That's what we're trying to do. But, yeah, mate, we, we, we literally provide financial education, stock tips, recommendations, broad general financial advice um, to, to people who pay for our services we have. A, a lot of free stuff. We have got a free podcast and a free website as well. But the the, the core business model is uh, if you want if you want our formal stock tips, you can sign up to our newsletter if you want to. If you don't, that's cool. Plenty of other options as well. But that, that's who we are and why we're here. Uh, we have a small funds management business which is separate to the Motley Fool for full disclosure. But effectively, our core business is just helping average people make sense of the stock market. That's what we're trying to.
1: And and how tough is it? I guess for dinner parties for Scott Phillips to be the guy that's well known as the investment dude, because everyone yeah. must say, well, give me a hot tip. I mean, exactly. So I, I remember Scott, I was doing weekends on TUE for a while um, in the afternoons and we had a Got a couple of people coming in over the course of time. You know, it's a kind of a paid spot as financial advice. It was more, yeah. you know, uh, when do I retire and all that kind of stuff. But there was often those yep. conversations about stocks and things. And I always found it fascinating that the guy who was with me in the studio in the breaks, he'd be talking about how he'd laid down ten grand here or twenty grand there. I made, I, I ain't got a hundred bucks, so I don't know how you do yeah, that. Exactly. But it's interesting. Exactly. Over time, I'm now at a point where I go, well, I mean, I think it was about a year ago I started talking, in fact, publicly on on the podcast about, you know, like what do you do? Do you put Three grand down, do you, do you buy a couple of shares? Do you just buy into a portfolio? And I think the fun thing, is as stupid as that, that sounds, about <laughs> getting into the share market is not just, you know, relying on your superannuation to do its thing in, in a hopefully very strategic way, but actually going, I've got a little bit of um, uh, disposable income. I want to put a few thousand dollars and I want to buy specific companies. And that's, yep. I guess, where your style service comes in. It's about learning about what companies are doing what. But in the end, it is still just your own judgment on a, on a decision, isn't it?
3: Yeah, totally. And it needs to be, right? So we say to people, look, this is what we think, but you've got to be happy with that. In fact, I say to people regularly, if you don't believe you don't do it, or if you don't if I don't convince you don't do it because what will happen? People will buy something because they say so, and then mm. if the share price gets volatile in three or six months, they sell because they kind of go, "Oh, I never really feel good about it anyway," and they sell when maybe the share price falls. Yeah. If it then recovers and I was right, they don't get the recovery because they never really con- yep. convinced in the first place. But, but there are there are heaps of great ways to get started investing, and this is not an investing segment, so I won't I won't bang on about it. But whether you do it through just like simply like an ETF is fine if you want to do that. If you you know if you want to play and pick individual stocks, that's what we do with a quid. Mm. By the same token, we've recommended some ETFs. they they're just really broad index funds, right? So think about the ASX 200. You can basically invest in that in a couple of different ways and just, you know, go fishing. But if you like stock picking, if you like business, if you want to get into it, then you can also look around and go, hang on, well, I shop at Woolies, I use Telstra, I, Mm. you know, whatever it is. And you start to look around, all of a sudden you see all those businesses that are listed companies and you can start to think to yourself, well, hang on, but, you know, uh, the great example for me was, yes you know, Smiggle, the the, yep. the tween uh, stationary oh, retailer. Mate, well,
1: I think I own shares right. it just to be purchasing for
3: my kids. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, well, that's the thing, right? So <laughs> literally, I you know, I, my, my wife, she you like, were well, yeah, 12 or 13 at the time, I literally stumbled across this this absolute phenomenon which was Smeagol, owned by a business called Premier Investment, Solomon Loom, some of your listeners have yeah, all heard of. Yeah. And so you just kind of go, hang on, well, I saw that. I saw it being used. I saw my young bloke and, and, and his mates and, and female friends yeah. all, all over Smeagol. And you kind of go, hang on, well, maybe there's something there. So, you know, just, just by by kind of keeping your eyes open as you go around and start thinking about it that way, you really can find some stocks to buy.
1: Well, what what are you, I'm not suggesting, but what are you? What's what's the starting point for someone? Is it? Is it in the thousands or is it the tens of thousands? Because I felt like when I was, when I thought yeah. I was ready, I only had like a thousand bucks and I was just mucking around doing silly things. But then I, I feel like when you look at that over time, it's kind of incrementally nothing. So do you need to be, you need to be in a position to, you know, to save 10 grand and start investing in the stock market or is there a different way of looking at it from your perspective?
3: So mate, the best thing over the last few years, and talk about tech, is a couple of platforms that have come on and made brokerage super cheap, mm-hmm. and they've made minimum investments also super cheap. Comsec uh, has got an app out called Pocket that lets you invest only in ETFs that I mentioned before. Right. But you can invest; I think it's as little as fifty bucks a go, mm-hmm. and something like two dollars a trade. So you literally can save up fifty, dollars hundred bucks and go, you know, for, for two dollars a trade here and there. Um and literally, you know, week by week, fortnight by fortnight, month by month, start building that up if you want to. Mm-hmm. If you want to invest directly in shares, you're probably best to try and get to at a thousand bucks to go, yep. just so that brokerage doesn't hurt you. Because I'll charge you twenty bucks for brokerage if you're only investing two hundred bucks, then it's going to cost you ten percent, which mm-hmm. is a year's gains before you start. So you want to get to a reasonable level first. Uh, but look, yeah, I, I wouldn't want people to start to get that sense of gee, I can't start yet, I haven't got enough. Get mm-hmm. started, get going, start thinking about it. And just get some skin in the game. Once you, once you own your first shares, you probably know yourself, you start to think more, a little more differently. You start to pay a bit more attention, yeah. and you start to build that knowledge. And that's that's honestly, for the first couple of years, the, it's still, your performance is almost irrelevant. As long as you don't give up, just building that in, building that knowledge, being a bit more aware of it, you start to look at the business pages, you start to pay attention to the business news, you look around you when you're at the shops. That stuff just starts to slowly yeah. build up. And that's what compounding is, right? You start with one, you end up with two, then four, then eight, then 16. But numbers go up pretty fast if they, you know, as you double it, knowledge works the same way. So just getting started has got so much power in it.
1: My original experience with the with the stock market was in the late nineties. Um, made and I were doing pretty well, we're building websites, selling domain names, and there was only one company in Australia nice. that sold domain names. It was Melbourne IT, and we went, wow, yes, this indeed. is <laughs> what a great business. We we bought yep. five thousand dollars worth of worth of shares, and the next day they were worth five hundred because of the oh, because of the dot com bubble yeah, busting or it something, all right? Went over. And it was. So, Mate, for for 30 years, I just went, this is stupid. The whole thing is stupid. This is a a good business. It has uh, good stability. It has a good market. It just didn't make sense to me that it could fall in such a way. The biggest risk that I took out of that now looking at it, I go – it's it's stupid to look at it for one day. I I don't know whether or not that those shares would have come back to ten thousand. But we you know we got out of it because we were lost at at some point. But it's it's also a medium to long term game, isn't it? It's not the kind of, unless you're a multi bazillionaire playing the playing the day trade. It's it is a long game, isn't it?
3: Mate, it is. So about, if you're day trading. Think about who you're trading against. You're trading against <laughs> the bazillionaires. You're trading against people with high high powered computers that are you know they, they trade in nanoseconds. Um, you, you know, you, you talk about cable speeds and all that kind of stuff. These guys have literally direct cables into the ASX. You are you are fighting against them. Now, I don't know about you, but if you bring a knife to a gunfight, you're not going to do okay. So, uh, st- stay stay well away from data. Man, it's a long-term game. The market doubled about every seven years, right? Mm. Now, again, like, let's not do math in a podcast, but if you think about doubling, doubling your money every seven years, if you've got Let's, let's, be, let's be optimistic. If you've got you know, 50 years before you kick the bucket, mm. that's seven doubles, right? That takes you your $1,000 to two to four to eight to 16 to 30 to 64, 128000 bucks,
1: wow.
3: right, for a 1000 just by letting it do its thing. Mm. And yeah, it's really hard to think 50 years <laughs> or 35 years or 40 <laughs> years. It is, right? And, and you think, hang on, well, I've only got a little bit of money and how could it possibly be worth anything and all that stuff. And I get it, I really do. And as you say, my biggest fear for people is they start- they lose money the first time around and give the whole thing up and say it's a bugs game. So many people after the GFC did it. So many people have done it after the most recent COVID recession. Yeah. And every time it happens, I think, man, there's people like you who've gone, you know what? If you'd never bought those mobile IT shares and you bought something else a year later, mm. you would have invested right through that last you know, 20 years. And yeah. and so yeah, I, if you're going to get started investing, have fun with it by all means, for sure, as you listen are thinking about it. But just remember, this is a long-term game. If you make money or lose money on day one, it's day one of, you know, thousands of days, not, yeah. not not five, 10 or 15. So you've got to be in it for the long term.
1: Full disclosure, I bought, uh, maybe a year ago, I bought three Apple shares, one for each of my kids. Oh, hey, there you go. Well done. Um, or maybe it was... Three each, like a total of 12, whatever. But, you know, enough that I thought, you know what, in five years or 10 years when they're older or whatever, it's just a fun little thing. It might be worth five grand. It might be worth nothing. Um, And when I was testing some platforms a couple of years ago, I bought Kogan at a very, very low price. And it's it's an interesting one for me, Kogan, because, again, you talked about Smiggle. Like, I look at Kogan and go, this thing's crazy. Like, there's no one else in Australia Mm -hmm. other than maybe Catch doing what they're doing and they they're in that space they had a good 2020 but then they have this massively bad share market run in 2021 because of announcements and things and expectations of bankers it's funny yeah. how you you are reliant <laughs> on other, other people but for me yep. I go ah Sonny, it's like a few hundred dollars it's not the end of the world because maybe just maybe in 10 years that's the one that goes well it became bigger than Harvey Norman and therefore it was worth yep. it it's a it is a it's a mugs game in some ways but it's It's fascinating to watch, and I think that's why we all see it. It's every night on the news, Scott. They talk about the stocks, and so Mm -hmm. it's kind of ingrained in us that there's this thing that we should know about, but I don't think enough people are doing it. Do, Do you think enough people do it?
3: No, I, I look. What I love is that super is compulsory, right? Yeah, so true. Um, so let's, let's get an ideology necessarily, but super is great. Like the, the people, you know, most of us will retire with a very nice bank balance because of super, because we don't have to decide to do it, yeah. and we're, it's being done for us. So that's awesome. But no, I don't think enough people do do it for themselves. And I think, look, the, you know, the, the front page of the paper, the, the nightly news, that stuff is it's great because it brings in people's attention. What I don't like about it is if you if you got your house price quoted every second yes. of the day 6 hours 6 hours a day 5 days a week 52 weeks a year you'd go nuts right you, you know, you're selling rent because like, i just can't and, and think about the size of you know value of the average house of you know 700 100 whatever it is imagine that going up and down 10 20% in a year you'd pull your hair out you, you know it's really really hard to do so um, you know I, I love that it's i love that it's out there and and available i hate that people talk about it as if a day's movement an hour's movement a minute's movement in a price an index price or a share price matters because people just—they they literally freak out. They hang on. Well, this is, this is rubbish. Look how volatile this is. This is terrible. This is yeah. not what I'm doing I'm it for. <laughs> right, and, and pe- people do. I mean, you know, My mum said to me at one point, well, hang on, my super went down last year. Is, that's not supposed to happen, is it?" And really reasonable question, right? Yeah. And yeah. she's starting from that position of, "But hang on, I thought I'm in this to make money, not lose money. How is that possible?" So mm. if you don't know what you're getting into, it can be—it can be. I won't say dangerous, but you can end up getting out of it for the wrong reasons. But yeah, I think. If more people did it, I think that the sheer power. We all learn compound interest at school, and then somehow we get out of school and forget all about it. If you remembered what you can do, and you can be as boring as hell if you want. Like if you don't want to do any individual investment, like I've got Kogan shares as well, for the record. But if you don't want to buy shares, you want to buy an index, you want to just buy you know, some blue chips and forget about them. You, you know, the the even even if you do even if you relatively badly compared to the market, you'll still make a squillion over a lifetime, and that's mm-hmm. that's the that's what people don't I think you know, appreciate enough. Uh, And and my, you know, you mentioned my TV and radio and stuff. Yeah, I want people to join the Motley Fool and know more about me and the company. But frankly, mate, I'd much, much rather people actually just start investing, get the power of investing. If I don't join the Motley Fool, I really don't care. Um, I just want them to know that it is out there, it's possible, and they really, really should go into it.
1: Last question, and this may well be the most controversial of them all. (laughs) Go on. Do you own any Bitcoin? I, you
3: know what? I do, mm-hmm. and but I own a very small amount of Bitcoin that I bought about five years ago because I wanted to try and follow along the process. So yes. I bought a hundred bucks worth of Bitcoin I wanna say it must have been twenty sixteen, seventeen, something like that, maybe twenty eight, I can't remember. Um, anyways, and if, so funnily enough, I bought it with Coinbase. I don't know if you guys have covered this before, but uh the Coinbase app you can buy Bitcoin but you can't sell. So whether I wanted to sell or not without trading it to another wallet, I'm stuck. So I think it's worth about seven hundred bucks at the moment. Uh that's why that's my horrible Bitcoin story. I've made uh, a decent one. you know, seven fold returns. So I'm I'm doing pretty well. well- but it's, um, it's funny because
1: that's that's one of the ones I have on the Apple Stocks app because I find it fascinating right, right. from a news perspective that it, it hit 73000 couple yesterday yes. or on Monday. Yep. Um. So my story is very similar, but I wish I'd have bought it the first time I was asked about it on the radio because oh, it was worth nothing. Imagine. But I bought it yeah. in 20, I'm going to say 2017, 18. Um, and I bought it in a wallet that was just impossible to use. I fortunately was able to move it out into a thing oh, I, well done. I <laughs> a thing called Cointree, but it's just because okay. I have a graph. Now, I yeah, bought yeah. that at... Um, I'm going to say my value was about $1,600 and it's now worth $9,600 because I've got 0.139 of a Bitcoin. Now, I look at that and I go, that's amazing. (laughs) I've just, like, I've made eight grand. I've made eight grand by doing nothing, but I've just waited. But see, this is, and I have this same problem and I fear this same problem for people in stocks. Mm -hmm. When do you sell? Is it just because you need it? Yeah. Like I, right now, I don't need that $9,000. I'm fortunate. I'm doing okay. I don't need $9,000. So it would be yeah. stupid to sell it because what am I going to do? I'm going to spend it on something. So <laughs> is, <laughs> is that simply the approach? You, you you sell when it's needed?
3: Look, generally. So Bitcoin is a whole different thing. We're talking about it talk individually. But for so, investing no. in general… Yes. Um, yeah, look, you, you want to. I mean, ideally, you want to be investing for your retirement, right? right. Uh, unless you're investing for a shorter term thing like a car or a house. Mm-hmm. If you get to a goal, then goal. sell. If yeah. you if you bought Bitcoin because you want to buy a house, then great. Yeah. Uh, if you if you if you're investing because uh, so the other reasons to sell, if you find a better idea. Yeah, so you right. know what? You've, you have got your Bitcoin. You don't like it anymore, or you think it's okay, but you really think it's, it's too great. Volatile, company or stock or uh, Right,
1: right. So so for me right now, it's very volatile. It's almost crazy. Yep. It's stupid, yes. and plenty of people think it will just disappear. But then right. that nine thousand, maybe on the stock market over that lifetime towards my retirement mm-hmm. even if bitcoin does its own thing and that's also the other problem don't you have those regret buys isn't that yes, a big
3: exactly. problem <laughs> yeah that's right if only and that's i huge. had yeah. Yep, yeah. And there's plenty of those, right? There are millions of companies out there. Many I mean, even there's a Fortescue Metals, right? Really boring business, mine's iron ore. Uh, not boring for the shares, but it's done spectacularly well, right? Like really, well, I don't even know the numbers, but maybe a 80-fold return, something like that. Yeah. I mean, just phenomenal, phenomenal gains. Um, if you'd bought BHP instead of Fortescue, you're kicking yourself for doing one, not the other, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. You, you know what? That's kind of one of those things. You know, investing, like I, I'm, I'm paid to pick stocks, right, to literally do the maths and, and do all the work and the analysis and that kind of stuff. That's really important, but it's not as important as getting your head straight. And so all mm. the things you're talking about about you can't give into FOMO, you can't give into the if only's you drive you literally would drive yourself nuts, mate. There was just there was just too long to sit and think about that over half a dozen beers on a on a Saturday afternoon and think, man, if only I bought Bitcoin and Fortescue and you know, some, and someone's always got a better story. That's the other yeah. thing. If someone's always got the Bitcoin story. Um, uh, look, you know, yeah, you've just you've got to be able to just put it aside. Now, at some point, by the way, if you think, well, hang on, I've made some decent coin on Bitcoin, it was kind of a bit of a, a, a lark at first. But yeah, now it's now it's 10 grand. That's the other reason you might think about, well, maybe I wanna maybe, you know, maybe maybe I'm gonna ride the Bitcoin train and great. Yeah. Or maybe you might say, you know what, easy come, but I don't want to too easy go. Yes. What if I took some of that money out and bought some, you know, boring old shares that might you know double and double and double again yeah. over you know 15, 20 years rather than rather than leave it all on, on red at the casino? Um there, you know, think about portfolio. That's the other reason to sell is if you kind of look at your portfolio and go, hang on do I really want 10 grand in Bitcoin and a thousand bucks in Kogan? Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. But, you know, what else would I do with the cash? That's the other thing I'd to have to think about That's it.
1: Good advice. I think I'm, I'm holding on the Bitcoin and I'm determining how much we're taking out to, uh, to for my next investment, which will happen after subscribing to the Motley Fool. And understanding <laughs> understanding exactly what I need to be doing because everything up until now has just been giggles. And I think I need to take it more seriously. And you've convinced me of that, Scott. I really appreciate your time, mate. I think it's fascinating for the average person um, who may or may not be you know, deep enough into it for their own for their own uh, good. And that's that's the best of it all out there. So mate, I appreciate your time. The Motley Fool, which by the way you have a great domain name, fool.com.au. dot AU Yeah, you're a kind man,
3: thanks Trevor. Cheers mate. This is the podcast. EFTM podcast.
1: I had such uh, a great week last week with exclusive access to some very, very cool stuff. Uh, the people at OPPO, Oppo, however you want to say it, but it is actually meant to be Oppo, um, revealed online I don't know, a few months ago, a rollable display smartphone. And they've got one in Australia and they let me have a look at it. I did a story for the Today Show. I'll try and link that on, the, on my Facebook page. Um, and it's magnificent. It's this, it looks like a normal smartphone, but then you swipe your thumb up on the power button and the thing grows. The smartphone grows in your hand. It just gets little motors inside, push the screen out, stretch the screen to become like a square display instead of a rectangle. So it becomes from a a smartphone into a mini tablet, just like the Samsung Galaxy Fold, except it doesn't unfold, it unrolls. It's absolute magic. And I want you to check out the video I did, very quick video. Um, I want you to check that out. That's at eftm.com as well, up on the YouTube channel as well and on the Facebook page for Trevor Long. Um, It's everywhere because it's great content. It's a great exclusive little thing. And I I love the idea of it. Let me know what you think because this is a vision for the future. This is a concept phone. Like concept cars used to be at at motor shows. This is a concept phone phone so it's it's really really exciting to see a device like this in our own hands and uh and i really think that there's um some really exciting things coming from companies like oppo as they push to fight samsung because samsung's got the upper hand they're already in market with their next generation style devices now the other one was the tcl wearable display Now this is a set of glasses that have screens in them you don't look through them they're not meant to be augmented reality this blocks out the world but not fully because you can still look down and see around you so you would be sitting on the lounge you can see what's on your lap but when you look forward you see these screens and it's like watching a 150 inch tv honestly i sat at home it was brilliant really bright really vibrant we showed elderly people seniors at the rsl and they loved it they thought it was so cool it's a great bit of tech, and that is not a concept. That is coming to Australia. I believe it will be here second half of the year for under $900. They'll probably bundle it with a smartphone. Really, really cool stuff from TCL. So if you want to see that video and the Oppo video, go to EFTM.com. This is the EFTM podcast. EFTM. Trevor along with you taking your calls. If you've got a question, happy to help. Frank's on the line. G'day, Frank.
2: G'day Trevor, yes, I, I wanted to change over to a Bravia TV, we've had happy times with them before, and yeah. I just know what's the difference between the various types.
1: Rightio, so what sort of, uh, so have you looked at Bravias already? Yes, well
2: I've looked up their website yeah. and uh, I, we're sort of settling on a 55 inch, yeah. And but we've got so many various uh, types and yeah. I, I can't understand what the hell they're saying.
1: Right, you well, know. look, I'll I tell you, I'll keep it real simple, I think, because you, you're right, they they kind of look the same. <laughs> um, you know, they're all yeah. called a Bravia. It used to be the Bravia was their kind of, you know, amazing top-of-the-line technology, but they kind of put that against everything now, and they do make amazing TVs. You're spot on. The entry-level 55-inch yeah. Sony is actually not a Bravia. It's just a Sony, 1000 odd bucks, um, and that is basically going to be a bog-standard TV, which does great things. It's 4K. It's got apps, all that kind of stuff. You spend a bit more, about five hundred dollars more, just judging by the good guys, and you get what's called an Android Bravia TV. Now, ah, every, yes, yes, the, yes, I've seen that. Yes, the first one is not Android, which means whatever apps are on it are all you can get, and you're you're relying uh, on on Sony doing deals with app companies to bring new apps to it. Uh,
3: whereas, uh, a, yeah, yeah.
1: whereas an Android TV is like a smartphone. There's an app store. You can go to to get the different apps that are available. So pretty much every streaming app, uh, Ko Sports, um, uh, yeah. Stan, Netflix—they're all on the Android platform. So you're yeah. ent- ent- if, you're look, if you're interested in streaming content, Frank, then fifteen hundred dollars is a starting point. Now, I see, good. Good. But then, so then there's there's really four TVs that are Android. Three of them are LEDs. One of them yeah. is an OLED. Now, the OLED is the top of the crop, the cream of the bunch. It's $3,200, and it's beautiful. It's magnificent. It's the best (laughs) picture quality you can buy, right? Right, right. But it's a $2,000 premium, okay? So you really need to want to watch a lot of beautiful movies with the lights off and really enjoy your content to truly appreciate that television. Okay? Um, yeah, yeah, got your point.
2: Yeah, got your point. Yeah.
1: In between the other 3. So that's you've got the the bottom of the bunch is not Android. I wouldn't recommend yeah. it. The top of the uh, bunch is the OLED, unbelievable TV if you can afford it. But the 3 in yeah. the middle, price between 1495 and 2295, it's all about Backlighting—it's all about how well the TV is able to light up the screen in different parts. So when you're watching something that's a dark scene, but the person in in the foreground is is well lit and it's beautiful, like they should be light. You don't want yeah. blurring of the of the color uh, gray into the into the black area, and that's what happens at the cheaper yeah. end. At the yeah. more expensive end, you get really clear definition around the colors and the black. So really. Right. That's that's the difference, mate. I, I have no. no problem recommending the the cheapest Android Sony TV at fourteen ninety five to you, mate, because it's a great TV, utterly brilliant TV. I'm not sure you'd notice the difference.
2: Yep, yep, yep. Oh, that's terrific, Trevor. Thank you. You're Yeah. Now, another question with that yeah. is that what's, what's
1: what about what's the what's your what's your wife's name there, Frank?
2: Oh, I'm sorry, Regina. It's Trevor.
1: Yeah. Hi, Trevor. Hi, Regina. What so? What's the second question? Oh, well, we've had so much trouble putting it all together. Do you yeah.
5: recommend somebody to put it, install it
1: for us? Oh, definitely. Are you,
5: whereabouts are you located? What,
1: what suburb? Mentone. Now, I'm going to look that up because I'm not from Melbourne, right?
5: Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> um, um, what, what, oh, beautiful. That's that's proper in the city, right? That's it's not, oh, it's heading down towards Frankston, is it? That's right, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, okay. I recommend, and I'm going to look them up now on on the internet while we talk, Universal Home Theatre. They are mm-hmm. top blokes. I'm just going to triple check they do Melbourne, but I'm pretty sure they do. Locations, Melbourne. Yep, they definitely do. So Melbourne, and they go all the way down to Frankston, so there'll be no issue at all. Um, I'll give you their phone number. Have you got a pen nearby, Regina or Frank? Thank you, yes. 1-800-736-318. Yeah. Yeah. So you, it's yeah. Universal Home Theatre. And here's the great thing. You buy the TV and you could probably throw that one in the boot of the car. It's a 55-inch will fit in most cars. Just have it at home, sit it at home, and then you call Universal Home Theater, you tell them you've got a 55-inch TV and you want to mount it on the wall. Now, has your current TV on the wall or is it just on a bench? On a bench. And do you know if you've got uh, like double brick or is it chiprock uh, <laughs> interior walls? Do you know?
2: Yeah, no, it's a steel frame. It's an apartment, Trevor, and it's steel frame, so you don't have real studs in the right places.
1: Right. So you need to tell Universal Home Theatre that so they can make sure that they bring the right gear. They would not They would have done steel frames before, and a 55 is not a risk. So a steel frame, I wouldn't put an 85-inch TV on because there's this concern about warping, I think, with steel frames. Um, yeah. But you tell them what you've got, and they will run the cable through the wall. They'll put the little plug down the bottom so the cables are hidden. They're not dangling down on the TV. It'll look spectacular. I've used them three times at my house. That's how often I change TVs. Um, (laughs) um, They're they're fantastic, really lovely. And because it's a 55-inch TV, they'll only need one bloke to come and do it, man or woman, I don't know. But when it's a much bigger TV, they have two people come. They're fantastic. You just need to book them and they will come and do it for you. And
2: what about a recorder? And what about a recorder to go with all this? You know, a DVD player recorder, Trevor.
1: Honestly, I think the best thing today. So you're watching a lot of free-to-air television. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the best thing I can recommend is Fetch TV, and you can buy those at Harvey Norman and the like as well. Fetch TV. Make sure you get the Fetch TV Mighty, so it's a bigger box. And think of it like your old VHS recorder, right? It's just a box that sits there um, and you can watch all your television through it if you want. It's also got all those other apps on it. So if you're looking at that really cheap 55-inch TV, because it doesn't have Android, doesn't matter because if you buy a Fetch TV, that's got all the apps, right? And the, great, the thing I love about a Fetch TV is now I'll give you the, give you two examples. One, uh, let's say a weekly show. Let's let, let's say um, a sixty minutes on Sunday night. You set sixty yep. minutes to record, and you say I want to record every week, and it records it every week. But you also tell it you only want to ever keep one episode, so every week it kind of just deletes the old one and, and puts the new one on. With something that's on every night, like. Um, uh, you know, it might be a serial show like when Seinfeld was on or something like that. If it's recording every day and every every episode, it keeps them in a really easy-to-find way. It says season one, season two, and it's fantastic. A really good recorder, much easier than news than any VHS ever was. Right. Well, now what's the name again, please? Fetch, as in go fetch, dog. Fetch TV. What, what, what about
5: uh, playing DVDs,
1: though? So – how many DVDs have you really got?
5: Well, hundreds. Well, and we get we borrow the, borrow them all the time.
1: Go go to Big W, and buy the cheapest DVD pay you can buy. Laser have them. They sell ten thousand a month. I think they're under fifty bucks. Just buy the cheapest <laughs> DVD. And and here's the thing, guys: buy all of that stuff before you get Universal Home Theater around, and they'll connect it all for you as well.
5: That's what we're trying. We've had so much trouble. We can't do any of it because it doesn't connect to the TV we've got.
1: Totally. Well, look, um, that's the plan. You go to wherever the retailer you choose is, buy yourself a TV. And then if they've got a fetch box, buy that. And they might have cheap DVD players as well, but Big W certainly have super cheap ones from Laser, and they're awesome. We've got one in our dining room. It's perfect. We play old DVDs on. Um, And yeah, Bob's your uncle. Get buy it all, then call Universal Home Theatre. Tell them what you've got, and they'll come and install it all for you. Terrific. No worries. Any other questions, Regina? I feel like Frank's Mm -hmm. done. (laughs)
5: Well, I just – we've had a Panasonic and we had to return it
1: because it
5: just wouldn't work for their telly.
1: Yeah, right, okay. Well, yeah, just let's upgrade everything, do it all in one go, and then Bob's your uncle.
5: And you're calling Fetch upgrading, are you?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fetch is excellent. Is it? Fetch radio.
5: Okay. All right,
1: So you want a TV, you want a Fetch TV, which is a box, not not an actual TV. So you want a a Mm -hmm. Sony TV, a Fetch box – and a DVD player.
5: How much does the spot
1: cost? Three fifty, I think, for the big one that'll do. the record all your TV shows that you want to watch, so you'll never never miss an episode.
5: But what about playing a DVD? Got,
1: no, no so that's a, why you need a separate DVD player. The oh, the
5: laser. Yeah, okay. yeah,
1: okay, yeah, gotcha.
5: Okay, but you can't buy a combined uh, no. DVD player
1: and no, uh, not not in no. Fetch, no. Oh, okay, the Fetches everything. Okay. Well, that's fantastic, Patrick. Wonderful. Happy shopping, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Good on you, Trevor. Good Good on you. Right now. Bye now. My pleasure. No problems at all. And uh, always fun to do virtual shopping for people. There we go. Frank and Regina. I could hear Regina whispering in his ear to ask him about that I Could Tell she was there. I was on the speakerphone too. Good on you guys. And hopefully you enjoy your new TVs. EFTM.
0: You're listening to the EFTM podcast. EFTM.
1: Trevor, along with you taking your calls, any tech question you have—if you've got tech questions uh, and you need advice—I'm happy to help. And on the line is Val. G'day, Val.
0: Hello, Trevor. I'm How can curious... I help you? Oh, I'm curious to um, rehash the conversation that you had last week with um, Tony on Tony's show. Yep, three AW
1: overnights. Where where whereabouts do you listen? In Melbourne. Melbourne. Yep, cool. cool. I do,
0: and it was to do with um, your car car, um, being able to in sync with your garage door. Yes. And we have been, we've been, my husband and I trying to work out what the name was that you said it was called. We,
1: you know what? There's a big chance, Val. There's a big chance. I actually didn't mention a name. So just let's, let's park the argument between you and your husband for a day because I don't reckon, I don't reckon I actually mentioned a product name. Um <laughs> so I don't want to take sides between you and your husband all right so no one wins the argument but let me help you out so what have you got at home at the moment Have you you've obviously got the internet um do you have yes. any of those smart home devices like Google Home or Amazon Alexa or Apple anything yes google google with yeah excellent and have you got a a, a motorized garage door already so one that you've got a button for or or has a button yes. inside the house
0: Yes, we have a, a remote for it. Beautiful.
1: Yeah. So the one that we published in the in the full review is up at EFTM.com, my website. Um it was a brand called Meros. M E R O S. M E R O S. Meros.
0: I will write that down.
1: Now here's the thing, there are hundreds of these products, but Scott, who works for me in Melbourne, wrote this article, brilliant review because it's quite detailed if you if you have a look at it. Um this one is unlike many I've seen because it works with Apple, it works with Amazon, and it works with Google. Now, what smartphones do you have?
0: I iPhone.
1: You've got an iPhone? What about a- Apple I- Yeah, Apple. And have you got a car that uses Apple CarPlay? Yes, it does. Beautiful. So the good thing about this Meros is that once you've installed it and set it up, Um, You can link it to your Google so that you can talk to your little Google assistant and you can say, hey, followed quickly by the word Google. I don't want to say them together because trigger everyone's houses. Um, Open the garage door and it will open the garage door and the same with closing. But then because you can also connect it to your iPhone's home, so in the iPhone there's an app called Home and you can add your garage door to that home, what happens is as you're driving home with Apple CarPlay open, on the home screen of Apple CarPlay is now partly a map and then there's like what's your next appointment in your calendar. And then there's this other little bit that kind of changes as you drive. And when you get close to home, once it knows where you live, the button comes up, you just press the button and your garage door will open. It's brilliant. Really, really cool. Okay. And if you're worried you didn't shut it when you left, you can just open the app and see whether the the garage door is open or shut.
0: Ah. All right. So...
5: Sounds excellent. So the full
1: review is at EFTM.com. And if you click the little search icon up the top right and search for MEROS, M-E-R-O-S-S, you can see it there and it'll be available to buy at Amazon.
0: Okay. Thank you so much.
1: Good one. No problems, Val. Have a great day.
0: Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye.
1: Good on you. And uh, if you've got a question or something you've heard me talk about on the radio, which, you know, for those that listen and think where do all these calls come from, um, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that 70-80% nah, of the uh, emails I get let alone the calls I take here on the show are people who hear me on the radio so Val there listens to me on 3RW with uh, Tony McClare overnights on uh, Wednesday morning um, I appear um, and yeah I do a lot of radio um, if you go to the website eftm.com if you're wondering where you might be able to hear me um, at the top of the page on the right hand side it says where to hear Trevor Long on the radio and there's a list there of all the radio stations I appear on mostly weekly um, so that you can find out whether there's one near you. And if there's not one near you, send me an email and I'll tell you which radio station you need to annoy and maybe they can get me on. It's not hard, very easy. Ah, That's what we do. All right, thank you for listening, Uh, thank you for downloading and thank you for your loyalty over a long time and thank you for visiting eftm.com direct. Thank you for telling your friends and sharing with your friends. Please subscribe to the newsletter. Please add the newsletter email address to your contacts so that it appears in your inbox and not in your spam or somewhere else. And share the newsletter with your friends. Tell them to subscribe. You do that best by by that DynaBook giveaway, the laptop giveaway. You tell your friends, you get extra entries every time they sign up. So cool, extra entries, and hopefully more people enjoy and love EFTM as we continue to grow in 2021. Thanks for listening, guys, and uh, and guys and girls, and uh, we'll be back next week.